Before we get going this week, I thought I'd just remind you that I'm a certified business strategist who's been in property for over 25 years. I know my clients shortcut their success by being laser focused through strategy and mentoring, as no one business model fits us all because funding, geography, skill set, it all plays a part in deciding what works for you. Getting it wrong can definitely damage your wealth. If you're serious about property, then your first step is a call with me. Nothing more difficult than following the link in the show notes to book it. Hello, and welcome to the Property Solopreneur podcast, a show for property investors and developers who want to build and grow their own profitable businesses. I'm sharing with you my decades of property experience and interviewing many other successful property people who are happy to share their varied and priceless knowledge freely. Business doesn't need to be hard, and nor do you need to be lucky. But as a certified strategist, I know you need a plan to work to. And a good start is by listening to other people's successes and failures. Why reinvent the wheel? This allows us to have a more in-depth knowledge of the wider property world. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Property Solopreneur. And I've suddenly found that many of my clients are now talking about buying at auction. In fact, quite a large collection of them up here in East Anglia. Now, I love a property auction. I'm a huge fan. I find it quick and exciting, and I somehow feel that I'm a little bit more in charge when I just have to do the beginning part of the whole procedure. I know I've got to prepare well, and then I have to deliver once the gavel has gone down. I like that. But not only that, I know that even the average boring auction is going to be stuffed full of hidden treasures. They're the things that we all want to invest in, but they've hid, been hidden in plain sight. People aren't looking there. So I know that just going to the auction, I'm going to knock out most of the competition who will be going to the estate agents because the time frame is going to put off all those who take ages to make decisions or need to buy with a mortgage or need to have all those little questions constantly answered and being reassured. You know, when you go to the auction, it's just you, isn't it? If you get it wrong, you lose your deposit or you buy a lemon. So absolutely no pressure then. But that's the fun. I think it's worth doing once, even if it's just to say, no, not for me. I think in a nutshell, the traditional auction house, it's a very straightforward way of buying a property. You know, it's listed with an auction house of property. It's marketed, comes to the room, reaches exchange when the gavel comes down. And then 28 days later, the keys are yours to pick up. That's what I like. In fact, if you've got everything in place, a property can be viewed, bought and refurbished and back on the market or rented out before the one that you're buying via an estate agent even gets through the entire normal buying process. I know this is true because when I was buying a lot at auction, I had an open-ended line of credit with my bank and I could see how quickly one lot of buying was going against my normal through the estate agent system when I was using mortgages. But everything comes at a price. Nothing is easy, is it? At the auction, it's the onus is on to the buyer to be savvy, ask all those questions, and then to take full responsibility, as I say, for their actions. Because you've got to read all the bump yourself, no matter how boring. And actually, no matter how many different auction houses you've used, the bump about how to do work, how to work with them, is going to be slightly different. And you've got to make sure that you've got everything in place before you're even allowed to bid, let alone pay for the deposit and things on the night. But don't worry, if you've never done it before, all those stories about blowing your nose and ending up having bought a golf course, it's not true. It's not a recognised way of bidding. Don't worry. You can just go along and, and sit in the room and have a drink whilst you watch what's going on if, if you don't want to go straight in in the deep end. Now, I think 
the reason I say that is because auctions, I know, are magical places. They make normal, sane property investors do the weirdest thing. I once sat next to an investor in Stoke at an auction and he failed to get his lot that he'd come from. It was bought by a forever home buyer. You know, he paid way over the odds for it. So the thwarted investor sat beside me and we'd been chatting earlier. So he quickly asked me, you know, which lots would I have bought if I'd been buying? I was there selling something. And I pointed out a few properties. I said, this one, because I could do that with it, or this one, because I could do why. You know, just the normal property sort of chatting. Well, you could have knocked me down with a feather when he bought all my suggestions. That man spent several hundred thousand pounds on properties he'd never seen, let alone read the legal pack. I mean, that's what I mean about magic. That is not normal behaviour. He would never in a you know, blue moon gone into an estate agent and just said, give me something you think will work and I don't care what it looks like and I can hand you the deposit now. It's not how things are done, is it? Now, if you go to enough auctions, you'll see that it's not every property is near to a state of collapse. Not every property has a problem. And not every single building you see has the potential to be an investment property. But it should also be very quickly obvious that there are, sadly, unscrupulous vendors. So everything comes with a beware sign. There are some properties that come with a shed load of legal problems that will require unpicking. And that itself, I'm afraid, comes at a price. Some properties are okay, but the vendor has put in so many requirements into the legal pack that it will make a loss before you've even started. So, And I believe very firmly that auctions are really the canary in the mine. They tell us what is happening in the property market often way before the headlines in the papers. you know, Is the marketplace slowing down? Well, if it is, chances are that the auctions will have been getting thinner and thinner in attendance. And then suddenly, if they start to get busy and the press are still telling us it's all gloom and doom, then clearly the wise and the knowledgeable and those who've been in the game a long time, they've come back into the buying and you should be too. That's when the, the fortunes are made. Now, a lot of my clients are currently sourcing from auctions, as I say, But some are buying locally to me, but from far-flung auction houses. And the reason is that is that most vendors are normal residential owners. They don't know anything about property. They're not up to speed on how to get the most out of it. And they basically put their properties into the local auction near to them because that's where they've got their relationships. It's all very convenient for them. Convenient is the word they need. They're not happy just to do everything remotely, even if it's on email. An example of this is I found a very nice property up here in Caister, which is near Great Yarmouth, top right corner of East Anglia, if you're still a bit hazy about where I live, which was on sale through a Stoke-on-Trent auction house. Now, that's 224 miles away. On a good day, remember, we don't have any motorways up here. It takes at least four hours, probably nearer five, to get there by car. Now, I didn't buy that one, but a client of mine did get one in the same auction, equally out of area, for a very good price. There was just very little competition for a property in an unknown place. After all, Case is not a town, but it is a holiday destination. The great thing I think there about auctions is that you've got a a fixed time frame in which to do everything. Then it's all over and you're on to the next month's catalogue. And so I think that It's absolutely vital, if this is where you're going to go, that you've got some rules that you absolutely stick to. And number one, numero uno, viewing. Absolutely essential. But before I even get to the properties, and I like to do a whole day's viewing. I put aside the whole day. I just go to everything because you'd never know what you're going to find. All the ones that I've earmarked as being, yeah, possibilities. 
Well, I've done all my comparison figures before I go on that viewing day. So now what I'm concentrating on is the structure, the layout, all the things that I need to know but so that I can just work out what my end figures are. I have bought, I will admit, an auction property that couldn't be inspected inside, either by the auction house or by us, but it all worked out well. That's because I just went to a builder and said, if I have to take this size building, and it was a very ordinary building, two up, two down, back to brick, remove everything. How much is it going to cost me to put it back to normal A1 condition? And I got a price. I could see the structural problem from being outside with my builder. You know, it had a breach of the DPC near the kitchen sink area, ordinary damp basically, and a gable wall that was minus all its pointing. So I knew what I was going to be in for. I did my figures on worst case scenario. And then I spent the next two months being absolutely ecstatic when we came in under budget. Absolutely fabulous. Still, still love the, the feeling of that. So knowing your figures is absolutely essential. What are you going to buy it for, including all those expenses that may or may not be in the legal pack, what you're going to spend on it and what its end value is going to be. And then you've got to really know your ROIs or any other system that you would normally use for buying a property, either direct to vendor or through an estate agent and be just treat it in the same way. This has got to be profitable for you. There is no other point in doing it. And reading the legal pack, I've just alluded to it. Now, if I'm just buying for myself, I'll read the pack myself and only hand it to a solicitor if there's something I don't understand. But if I'm using borrowed funds or it's JV, then I always get it cleared by a solicitor. I do get, I'm afraid, very suspicious if the pack is only available the day before. Although I am actually happy to indemnify against some things, you know, building, lack of building regs and things like that. But I have now always taken to sitting down with a calculator when looking at the legal pack. A calculator I find is very handy because over the years, more and more of the vendor's costs seem to have crept into the packs as being the responsibility of the buyer, i.e. I'm putting my property into auction and I'm not going to pay a single penny of it. So everything I have paid up till now, I will be reimbursed by the buyer. Mm, That can be a bit of a shocker. Other things I've seen is saying that you would pick up, and it was unspecified, amount of utility debt for electricity. Oh, that's a bit open-ended. Don't like that. So I didn't touch it with a barge pole. And I also came across, um, well, I've come across it more than once, the clause, the hope clause, where it says, if this is sold on by the buyer for a profit, then they, the vendor, will get a percentage of that uplift. Very cheeky, you would think. Or, do you know, perhaps they just hate investors and wanted it to actually be for a forever home for someone. You just don't know, do you? But anyway, you're legal, you're looking basically for legal or financial encumbrances, something that's going to cause you a problem. And then just as you think you're home and dry and you're going off to the uh, auction or you're sitting online, you need to make sure you've spotted and looked at the addendum because there may be a piece of information that has only just come to light. And that could be the one piece of information that puts you off or it's been withdrawn. You just don't know. But this is definitely buyer beware time and you've got to be aware that there is an addendum always published and it may may not affect you, but you must make sure if it does. Of course, you may find that the treasure has been withdrawn. No, tragic. Well, it may be that something has just come to light and that prevents it being sold. These things happen. It may come back into the auction next month or it may have been sold prior. Now, this does sound unfair, not quite cricket, but actually you can put an offer in ahead of time and it may or may not be accepted. However, I think the areas where often the best bargains to be had are being quick off the mark if something doesn't sell. Something for, you know, perfectly nice property for some 
a reason, no reason that you can spot, just doesn't sell on the night. Well, it's very off-putting for most buyers because they don't they don't think about it. But that's where you as an investor come in. You've done your figures. You know that you're confident in your abilities to be able to get the job done. So make sure you put an offer in straight away on paper as a follow-up. Because just because it was technically sold doesn't mean to say the sale will go through. It's like any other sale. I've sold several times at auction. And would you believe I've made quite a tidy sum due to surrendered deposits? Now, normally it's retail buyers who just haven't got on with all the paperwork and somehow miss everything. I do know of an investor who never, ever got a mortgage for a property he had paid a deposit on, lost quite a considerable sum. Or they just get cold feet when they start to realise how much work they need to do. Did I, I, you know, the sort of thing when they really get to look at it in the cold light of day, buyer's remorse and think, "This this is too big for me. So they forfeit their deposit and thank you very much. So I always send a follow-up email with all the required info into the auction house along the lines of, if this falls through, I'm here with the funds and please do think of me first. And that's because I buy a lot from auction. They know who I am, but they know perfectly well that they need that sale and they're after the commission. And I'm a very easy phone call to make. I think auctions are a much bigger subject than at first thought though, because most of us, for instance, have never heard of underwriting. Now, if you haven't, do go and hear a talk by someone who does it all the time. It's absolutely fascinating. These are traders who agree ahead of time to buy or underwrite an auction property for a set amount of money, usually around about the reserve price. Now, property's still in the auction, still comes to room. And on the night, if the bidding goes past what they've agreed to pay, then they don't buy the property, but they get a percentage of the uplift. That's their pay for doing this. But if the property doesn't sell, they are absolutely duty-bound to follow through and purchase. This is not, however, a beginner's tactic. You know, The people who do this are very well-funded. They've got to be. They've got to produce the money there and then. They know their market inside out, and they've got an exit strategy for every property. And they make their money through being able to correctly underwrite more properties that sell above the guide than the ones that they buy when it doesn't work. But then, of course, they often go on to make money on those properties. They put them into their portfolios or they put them back into auctions. Now, I would just have a little word here about buyer beware. I've noticed a tendency now with auction houses to make little videos of more and more of little little houses, often peering on Facebook and things like that. I knew quite by surprise, a property I knew very well coming up on a video. It's local and uh, on paper, it's absolutely fabulous. Who wouldn't want to own it? It was a redundant barn that was ripe for conversion into a home or a holiday let. Well, it's been split off from the title of a large listed hall when the hall was sold about five to seven years ago um, and kept by the previous owners for planning gain. They thought they'd you know, just hold on to it till the time was ripe. In fact, you know, it's so near the house that if it hadn't have had the title split, you might have thought it was within the curtilage, but that that's me being picky. But anyway, it had absolutely no services, nothing. It had always been powered by um, a generator. So no electricity, uh, no water, no nothing. But according to the agent on that video, this wouldn't be a problem because there was water and electricity to the house next door. Secondly, the property could only be accessed up the private drive, but again, not a problem. This could be sorted out with a right of ways when they sold it. And worst of all, they did a lovely little virtual tour, inaccurately suggesting that a fence could be moved. Well, 
I knew there was a horse pond just round out of sight. How, and he never explained this, how could a fence be erected in the middle of a very deep horse pond that was on an OS map and so therefore couldn't be drained? That was one little problem. The access of going up the driveway was that the driveway is a mile and a bit long. It's privately owned. And the owner has absolutely no intention of ever sharing it with someone else because he maintains it. And thirdly, being a listed property, there was no way that he could just stick a pole up so that there could be more electricity come his way. It would have to go to planning. So there were all sorts of problems that were there that weren't actually highlighted. It really was a case of buyer beware. Anyway, the auction day came. The bidding was fierce. I was watching it online. It was very exciting. And it sold well above the guide price. And in due course, the new owner arrived with his caravan because he was going to live in his caravan whilst he did up the barn. Very sensible, you would think. And he arrived the day before uh, completion because he was going to be ready to get going. To cut a very long story short, there was a lot of tea drunk whilst the owner of the listed property and the new barn owner-to-be chatted. The sale, you'd be surprised to know, did not go through. And the property was then sold to the owner of the hall and the property was reunited back as it had been for the past 500 years. Now, nothing the agent said was a lie. Honestly, it was just down to interpretation and you just needed to follow up on the next question, which most people hadn't asked. I'm not a fan, however, of the modern method of auction. To my mind, it builds so much cost into the buying process and I want my money to be spent on adding value. So I'm not going to really mention it. Although I do know that people do buy this way, it's not for me. I also think it's worth remembering that us property people, we don't necessarily always buy. We can also sell through auctions. And I know a couple of landlords who've sold at auction, not because there's anything wrong with their houses. They've owned them for years. They've well and truly washed their faces. But they knew that by putting them into auction, they could complete and pay their capital gains tax before the year ended, which is exactly what they needed to do. All flashed to bang eight weeks without having to worry and find that one cash buyer, you know, through an estate agent that could work within the time frame, and then, of course, pay the asking or bruv, because if it's gone into an auction, you may well get well above the price. So it's not just buyers who love an auction. Now, I've worked with lots of investors who think that auctions are more difficult or they are perhaps the next step in the whole investment thing once they've mastered property per se. Well, I think that's generally due to the fact they've been led to believe this. But if you ask old-fashioned investors, this is actually the only way they would buy. They're not part of the property networking or the education space. So they've not had the memo about how difficult auctions are. And neither should you. You should just go, this is a lovely, fabulous way to find property that is going to do what I need it to do. Now, I work with property investors through strategy sessions, making sure that all the right plans are in place, that they've got proper systems and methods all in place to make life easier so that you can have the time to go and do all this going to auctions, etc. The fun, fun bit of property. If you've got everything in the right place and your business works properly, you'll have the confidence to grow and scale to whatever size you want, be it two properties or 200. But you've always got to be making sure that you play to your strengths. And that's what I do through strategy sessions and one-off masterclasses. Property solopreneurs, honestly, don't have time to do everything all the time. Their focus must be on the things that make a difference to their businesses and deliver the goal of financial freedom or time freedom or create that lifestyle you want. Be that in property, doing that full-time 
or actually doing property as a side job because you've got a career that you really love and you spent years training for. Anyway, find me through the show notes or email me at racheltroughton.com. And don't forget, I spell my name R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And let's get talking. Knowing what I needed to deliver, going with my first plan, was why I first dipped my toe in the auction market. It was fast. I could make a decision and then I could act on it. It either happened or it didn't. And my next thought was, well, there's always next month. As a solopreneur, I need to be in full control of what's happening and to be able to get as much work done in a set time frame as possible, because that to me was really important. I wanted to be time free as well. And that's what auctions really helped me on, because I could buy so quickly. So if you've not investigated auctions, then I really do urge you to find your nearest auction house, find out what their rules are and have a go. Go and sit there, go and watch what the process is. Honestly, joining in won't commit you to buying anything. It's a lot of fun and you may end up converted. Thank you for listening to The Property Solopreneur with me, Rachel Troughton. If you've enjoyed this episode, do hit subscribe and kindly leave a review and share this podcast with anyone you think it would help on their property journey. If you'd like to get hold of my guide for building a successful property business, go to racheltroughton.com forward slash checklist. We only live one life. So let's get your dream a reality through building a profitable property business. my stories inspiring and my content useful, then come find out more about my mentoring and strategy sessions by going to www.racheltroughton.com and book a discovery call with me. The banner link is on every page. Come and create and grow your own property business. That's the shortcut to success.